the ocean I sing a simple song full of emotion from the core of my heart to the depths of my soul a life of sacrifice I give to you we the created praise the creator with one voice with one song all creation sing glory to the king all of you is all i need all creation sing praises to your name all you want is all of me all creation all creation sing glory to the king all of you is all i need all creation sing praises to your name all you want is all of me lord here i am and i join in why all creation sings holy 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 is our god holy 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 is i sing holy sing glory to the king all you want is all of me lord here i am when i join in we all sing holy 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 is our god holy holy Thank you, Jesus. Through the eyes of men, it seems there's so much we have lost. As we look down the road where all the prodigals have walked, and one by one the enemy has whispered lies and let them off as slaves. But we know that you are God, yours is the victory. And we know there is more to come that we may not yet see. So with the faith you've given us, we step into the valley unafraid. As we call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. We call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive. About 
as we call out to dry bones come alive God of endless mercy God of unrelenting love rescue every daughter bring us back the wayward sons and by your spirit breathe upon them show the world that you alone can save you alone can save as we call out to dry bones come alive come alive we call out to dead hearts come alive come alive about all the ashes let us see in our mirrors as we call out to dry bones come alive so breathe oh breath of god now breathe the oh breath of god breathe the oh breath of god now breathe breathe the oh breath of god now breathe the oh breath of god breathe the oh breath of god now breathe oh breathe the oh breath of god breathe the oh breath of god breathe the oh breath of god As we call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. We call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive. A mound of the ashes, let us see in our mirrors. As we call out to dry bones, come alive. As we call out to dry bones, come alive. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, and we, we ask you that, Lord. Breathe on us. Breathe on our dry bones, Lord. Revive us. If we're, not, if we're not on fire for you, Lord God, if we're not sharing our faith, Lord, breathe on us. Make us more like you, Jesus. And we thank you so much for your love and your mercy. We ask you just to bless our time this morning, Lord, as we celebrate uh, you, Lord, and uh, as we gather as a family in one service. Lord, as we share food later, Lord, we just ask that you bless all of our time with this morning, Lord God, and that we would just bless one another. And uh, we thank you for that, Lord. We ask everything in your name, Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. Oh, wait a second. If you can, if you can greet each other sitting down, go for it. But go ahead, stand up and, and greet each other.
Good morning. <laughs> I have to give people a little bit of time. Good celebration Sunday morning, family. Will you guys work your way back to your seats for me? How you guys doing? <laughs> I, uh, I was pretty excited. I woke up this morning and I thought that we were going to have a potluck and a snowball fight, but it, it seemed to have melted here. At my house, there's still snow, so if you want to have a snowball fight, my house after the potluck. Um, other than that, you know, you're on your own, maybe the mountain. I just want to welcome you guys. It is packed in here, so if, uh, if you got some room next to you, maybe scooch towards one side or the other so that so that we can fit some more people in as they as they show up. That'd be awesome. I have a bunch of things to go over, and uh, the first one is just, just to say hi. I'm glad you guys are here. If you're visiting, if you're new here, you haven't been here in a long time, we'd love for you to fill out a welcome card. Just let us know you are here. If you have any questions, prayer requests, that is the way to get a hold of us, uh, or at least the easiest way. Um, and we just really appreciate it. Just dropping the offering plate as it goes by. VBS. Right around the corner, you'll notice that there's a big green neon-colored flyer for registration. Um, so that, that can be turned in at any time. And there's also a staff meeting coming up on May 28th, um, which is a Tuesday at 6 p.m., and it'll be here at the church. Um, so I would encourage you, if you're part of the VBS leaders, workers, just to kind of get settled in, find out what you're doing, expectations, those kind of things. And that'll be happening on, again, May 28th. Um, men. We have our fishing trip coming up. Today is the last day to sign up. We also need uh, the funds turned in for the trip turned in today. So if, if you're signed up and you haven't paid yet, uh, see uh, Mike out at the kiosk or maybe Alistair out at the kiosk afterwards, and um, they'll take care of you. Or if you'd like to go, um, all the information is out there as well. We have a Save the Date uh, marriage conference coming up. It's the orange card in your bulletin, and that's happening July 13th. It'll be here at the church. Um, so, again, just more tools in the toolbox for you married couples. I know that you'll notice in the bottom of our bulletin we're celebrating 50 years of marriage um, for Laura and Ed Savalinen coming up. And that's, that's amazing. And I'll bet you if you ask them, they'll say it was lots of work. So a marriage conference can give you more tools for that toolbox so that you guys can, we can be celebrating 50 years with you guys as, as the years roll on. Um, so I'd encourage that. <coughs> um, and then... Just a few other things. We have signups for camps going on all out at the kiosk. You can find that information. We have a fundraiser um, for the youth coming up on June 9th. It'll be a car wash, assuming that it's not, you know, raining and snowing um, on, Ju on June 9th. So we have a couple weeks for it to dry out, um, and then you can get all that, that winter grime washed off your, uh, your vehicles. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I did last week. Just soaped up my car and let, uh, let God take care of the rest. Um, and then the last thing you'll find out if you go to the, uh, the um, potluck afterwards is just an invitation to, um, to come and hear about the mission trip to Sac uh, Sacramento um, with uh, the Muslims. 
down there and there'll be some people sharing. That'll be June 3rd from 6.30 to 8 p.m. right here in the, or in the sanctuary. Um, so if you're interested in hearing about how the mission trip went um, and maybe how you guys can partner in the future, that'd be a great opportunity. Again, those, those little cards, they're sitting at all the tables. So even if you're not gonna stay for the potluck, maybe grab one of those if you're interested in doing that. Um, as we continue, I'd like to have Brandon come up. We're gonna uh, talk about Memorial Day, why we're having one celebration Sunday as a, a big church family. Thanks, Ryan. Good morning, you guys. It is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, you know it's that time we set aside to remember. And I think it's great we set aside dates, right? Uh, there's other things we do to remember, but for us on Memorial Day, we celebrate and honor more than anything else honor those uh, who have signed up to give their lives and serve this country to uh, promote freedom and to to secure freedom for us. And on Memorial Day weekend, we, uh, we remember those who have fallen. So what we're going to do, and we've done this as a kind of a tradition the last uh, few years, uh, we have a, a video of, of uh, the playing of taps just to honor those who have fallen. And uh, we're going we're gonna to celebrate with that and honor, honor that way. Um, here's how this will go. We'll stand up in just a second, and we're all going to, uh, to honor them. We have one of our veterans going to call us to present arms. So if you are uh, active duty or, or retired military or law enforcement, if you give the proper salute, uh, for the rest of us uh, civilians, we would put our hand over our heart when we are ordered to present arms. Uh, and then uh, at the end of that, we will um, order arms, and uh, we'll remove our hands, and we'll have a time of prayer uh, just remembering, okay? Does it sound good? Can you stand with me, please? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity you give us to, to honor these heroes who have risked their lives and given their lives for our freedom. Thank you for allowing us a time to set aside to remember. And God, although it's one, one day during this year, God, I, I pray that they would be on our hearts and minds and in our prayers often. And we pray for those now who have, who have and are risking everything at home and abroad, to, to maintain those freedoms and secure those freedoms for us. We are thankful. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated.
Am I back on? There we go. All right, well, good morning. We, uh, during our Celebration Sundays, if you're new to this, we, we tend to have a very family-friendly uh, service. And, and in order to do that, what that means is that we are taking fire. I don't know. Sounds good here. Dur- yeah. <laughs> during our, fr- our family-friendly service, we, we encourage uh, the youth to be in here and be a part of that. The children, we love that. Um, they, you know, they're going to be what they are, and we're going to try to break things up. So a family-friendly service for us means it's going to be a little spastic today, all right? We're going to be up and down and to and fro and left and right and singing and praying and doing all kinds of fun things. So it uh, kind of keeps it interesting and, and going, but for parents that if you do feel like you need to, to take a child out, you, you are more than welcome to do that. There's a, a room in the back for you, um, and there's another room uh, you can go towards the fellowship hall if you like to, but we'd love to have them here. We will have a little children's corner in a little bit as well. Um, after our next set of singing. All right, well, today we are celebrating Memorial Day, and we remember. We remember those who have given everything so that we could have the freedoms that we have today. Uh, But we also use this as an opportunity as Christ followers uh, to honor the one who was mighty to save, who gave everything so that you and I could have eternal freedom, and that was Jesus Christ as he poured himself out on the cross, and then he rose victoriously saying, "I, I can secure your freedom forever. And, uh, and we, we lean into that. You know, uh, the security of a state, the security of a nation is never guaranteed forever. Amen? But Jesus secures our inheritance through his sacrifice uh, on the cross. It is finished and done once and for all. So today we're going to be in the book of Exodus. We're going to be looking at a few things. Am I just clicking a lot here? A loose wire. It's pretty tight right there. I don't know. I don't know. We'll just, we'll just go with it. We'll go with it. We're a spastic day, right? Spastic. So we're in Exodus, uh, and, and you might not want to follow along. I, I always encourage you to follow along the Bible, but I'm going to be really spastic in, uh, in the story today. So I'm going to read different, different uh, parts of Exodus between chapters 12 and 16. And, and what I want us to understand is that, that uh, there was this, uh, here's what was going on. We, had, we have uh, Moses and Aaron who, who were charged by God to go and get my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt Free them from captivity. They are slaves. They are in bondage. There is no freedom there. They are my people. I love them. I want them to continue to be my people. So he, he says, you're going to go on a rescue plan. You're going to go in there, and, and it's God's rescue, right? And he sends Moses and Aaron to Pharaoh to say, let my people go, right? Let my people go. Free them. And, and as they go, they, they, they put plagues and signs and miracles towards, uh, towards the Egyptians so that the Egyptians might, like, might give, right? That, so that the Pharaoh might say, fine, I've had enough. Just, just take them. But these plagues and these, these uh, inconveniences that are even more than that aren't really anything that, uh, that seems to phase Pharaoh. Sometimes he thinks his, his mind is made up and he's going to let him go. And he says, no, I'm not going to let him go. Well, God finally says uh, to Moses and Aaron, listen, I'm going to do something drastic here. I'm, I'm going to send the angel of death in, and the, that angel is going to, to take the firstborn of every household, every family. And then he goes on to tell Moses how the Israelites can be spared from this. If they would sacrifice a lamb, right, and they'd, they'd put the blood of that lamb on the doorpost, and they would come together and eat, and that blood along the doorpost would be the covering for that day, and that covering would be all that they need, right? And then as the angel of death comes uh, to, to take the firstborn, what happens? The angel of death then would what? Pass over that house. And so we're going to pick up some of that story today, and I'm going to read along, starting in Exodus 12 and beginning in verse 12. He says, I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and strike every firstborn male in the land of Egypt both people and animals. I am the Lord. I will execute judgments against all the gods of Egypt. 
The blood on the houses where you are staying will be a distinguishing mark for you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague, uh, no plague will be among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. In verse 14, it says, this day is to be a memorial for you, right? Memorial Day. And I know I've preached on this before during Memorial Day as this, this Passover. It's just amazing, though. He's saying this day will be a memorial to you. He's saying this before it even happens. You need to remember this. You need to remember that, that I'm, I am the real God. I'm the God that's going to strike down all other gods of Egypt. They, they've got nothing on me. I'm the God that is mighty to save. He says this day is going to be a memorial for you, and you must celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. You are to celebrate it throughout your generations as a permanent statute. And then, then he goes on and t- talking about explaining this, this festival of, of an unleavened bread that is, that is now instituted. And now today we, we celebrate, and today we're celebrating the Lord's Supper. It's very similar. We're, we're, we're partaking in these elements because God is mighty to save. He goes on in verse 25. When you enter the land, uh, the Lord has promised you, you are to observe this ceremony. When your children ask, what, what does a ceremony mean to you? You're to reply, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and spared our homes. So the people knelt low and they worshiped. So God's angel of death comes through and kills the firstborn of everyone that's not covered, and that includes Pharaoh's child. There's weeping there. that You can hear the screams and cries because of the loss. And Pharaoh finally, finally gives in and says, fine. He summons Moses and Aaron and says, get those people out of here. Your God, your God wins. Get them out. Then Exodus chapter 13, beginning in verse 20, he says, They set out from Succoth and camped at Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And here's what I want you to, to really pay attention to as this scripture goes on. We're talking about the Lord who is mighty to save. We're talking about God who is mighty to rescue. So they, they went on to camp at the edge of the wilderness. And verse 21 says, The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day, and a pillar of cloud of fire, or pillar of fire to give them light at night so that they could travel day or night. The pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, uh, never left its place in front of the people. So they wandered and they went, they went out. But God was still not done revealing his glory and his power and his majesty to the Egyptians. And he, he kind of has a command in here to them, say, like, make it look like you're wandering and you're confused. Give Pharaoh some time to rethink what he's doing. And he kind of backs him up to the edge of the Red Sea and says, just kind of, well, I'm going to set a trap is what God said. I'm going to set a trap for the Egyptians. So he sets a trap there. And then in Exodus chapter 14, we look at verses 13 and 14. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation. Right? Who's the Lord's salvation? That he will accomplish for you today. Again, we're talking about what the Lord accomplishes, not what we can accomplish, but what he accomplishes for us today. For the Egyptians will see today, or for the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you must just be quiet. So we see this, this battle is going to rage. It's, it's coming. The Egyptian army is coming. All these chariots, all these men, and they're coming to get these slaves and take them back to Egypt. And they're right there on the edge of the Red Sea. You know, you know the story now, right? What happened? What happens here? We see, we see that Moses comes out there and stretches out his arms and his staff. And, and, and what does God do? God parts the waters of the sea. He puts a wall up on one side and a wall up on the other side. It's all walled up, right? And there's now dry ground on the bottom. And he, he, Moses leads the people through this, this, uh, this, the sea on dry ground. And they go across. And Pharaoh's army, they, they are not going to give up. Like, okay, whatever's going on here, we're going to get them. And what, what do they do behind? They come in behind them. 
And all the people come off and on the dry land on the other side. And Pharaoh's army is in the middle. And God just says, that's it. And he wipes them out. He says, you'll never see those Egyptians again. Those ones you see today, you'll never see again. God swallowed them up. God had the victory. And he was mighty to save his people. In verse 30 through 31 in Exodus 14, he says, That day the Lord saved Israel from the power of the Egyptians. And Israel saw that the, Egypt, the, Egypt, the Egyptians were dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and believed in him. This is an amazing text. The Lord God had saved them from the power of the Egyptians. And, and here's what I want us to understand. And as, we, as we come to know Christ in faith, what we're, what we're saying is, God, there's a power that you have in Jesus that's greater than any power that anyone else has. But we also have to first understand that that includes us. There's no power within ourselves to accomplish what only Jesus can accomplish. We, we are not powerful enough to do that. We are not strong enough. We don't have it all together to do that. But even those things that you face day to day, just like the Israelites face the powerful Egyptians, those things that you think, they have power, they have, they have some weight against me, they have nothing compared to Jesus. Amen? The Lord saved Israel from the power of the Egyptians. Whatever so-called power they had got swallowed up in the Red Sea. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power of the Lord, or the Lord used against the Egyptians, right? We're in awe. They, they've seen this firsthand. What was their response? The people feared the Lord. This awe and reverence and fear and honor and believed in him. They believed in him. They trusted that he is the God that is mighty to save. That's an amazing, amazing account. But here's the problem. And this is what you and I have to be challenged with constantly. This is why we need days like Memorial Day or just days we set aside or times we set aside or ways we set aside to remember because we forget pretty quickly, don't we? It's an amazing story if we continue on with the Israelites. I want to go to uh, chapter 16 of Exodus. I want to kind of check that out for a minute. And we're verses 1 through 3. So there's a lot, of, lot that the Israelites could put uh, in their memorial arsenal here, right? They, they have seen God provide. They have, they have, their sons, their firstborn, have been spared, right? They have been led out of the wilderness. They, they, they actually, Pharaoh let them go. God provided that. He, he led them on the way with a, pow, a, a pillar of cloud, a pillar of fire. He gets to the Red Sea, and he parts the Red Sea, and he lets them go across on dry, dry ground, and then swallows up their enemies. There, this is an arsenal of memorial, isn't it? It's like, wow, look how big God is. And look at the text in Exodus 16, 1 through 3. It says, The entire Israelite community departed from Elam and came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had left Egypt. Not very long, right? On the 15th day of the second month after they had left Egypt. Verse 2. The entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. They forgot. They've already forgot. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Instead, you have brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Isn't that amazing? That they forgot so quickly? And, and, and maybe they were hungry. Maybe they didn't know where, where, what, was, what was next or what was around the corner. Right? That, that happened, that's called life, isn't it? We don't necessarily know all the time what's next. But they did know and they, they had treasured that God, their God, was a God that was mighty to save. And they remembered that. They, they believed and they trusted that. 
But not very long after this, now they're, they're waning, aren't they? They're, oh, I'm hungry. I wish I was just dead in Egypt. Because obviously God can't save. Really? What did you just witness? What just happened? See, we need memorials, things that will help us remember because we forget too quickly that the Lord is mighty to save. So today I want to look at four things. We'll, we'll do two right now. We'll do two a little later. Uh, four things that, that we, we should be doing because the Lord is mighty to save. Because we know the Lord is mighty to save. Here, number one is this. Because the Lord is mighty to save, we remember. We remember. And it's so important for us to, to set up opportunities to remember, to recall. Uh, Psalm 77, 11 through 12 says this. I will remember the Lord's works. Yes, I will remember your ancient wonders. That's great. We're going to go in the next verse. See, it's, that's good. You're remembering. And see, we can recall. And usually you and I recall things and remember things kind of off the cuff while someone's talking to us, right? We're, we're in conversation and we, we tend to remember something that happened. Oh, oh yeah, I, I remember this too. But this is not what the psalmist is talking about. It's not just, just remember whenever you get a chance like, and it comes up. He goes on and says, I will reflect on all you have done and meditate on your actions. What he's saying is, I will put what you have done right before me. And I will constantly try to recall it and remember it and recount it. And I will, I will think through those things. And I will have something that I will firmly remember every chance. And, and, and especially when I need to remember what the Lord has done. We have to recall and recount. We have to ponder, reflect upon. and We have to create dates and, and times. And, and maybe there's objects of memory that help us. Some of you wear a cross around your neck, right? You remember, oh, that's a cross. Some, take it off sometimes and put it in your hand and touch it and think about it a little more introspectively. We have to remember what the Lord has done. There's another part of this story of the Israelites. So they had gone out and all this grumbling and getting angry at God. And then they went, they went into the promised land with spies and came back and said, oh, we can't do this. God basically said, God can't be mighty to save. Except for two, right? Joshua and Caleb. They said, oh, well, let's go. Let's take these guys. The rest of them said, no, we can't do it. We can't trust that God is mighty to save. I'm not remembering what they've done. So they wandered in the, in the desert for a generation, 40 years. They continued to wander. And God continued to provide manna for them to eat. And they were provided for but that generation that grumbled and, and didn't remember would not be allowed to enter the promised land. And then Joshua, the, the, the torch got passed from Moses to Joshua. And then, ooh, the torch is being passed. It's like the thunderstorm is still going on from last night. Okay, I'll, I'll try to be less Italian. <laughs> less excited. Maybe I should be more Italian. I don't know. We had Joshua who, who had the people, and, he, and now it's his chance to take these people towards the promised land. And, and he got the River Jordan in front of him, this obstacle again. And how is God going to provide there? What is, what's going to happen? And, and we pick this up in Joshua chapter 4, and verses 1 through 3. I want to read this to you. So jo Joshua, again, the, the, river, the river is coming down, and the, it's not just a sea that parts. It's a river that stops. God stops the river from flowing. It's like, there it is. That's a wall. It's got, not going any further. And it's like a, a dam right here. And everything else has just flowed down. And it's dried out now on the ground. And they walked across on dry ground. It said after, in verses 1 through 3 in Joshua 4, after the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, Choose twelve men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them, Take twelve stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing. Carry them with you and set them down at a place where you'll spend the night. Then jumping down to verse 7, it said, Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. God said, remember, go, go get some stones out of that riverbed you just walked across. Come, come 
take them with you. Build, build a little monument or a remembrance. Not an idol, right? But build a remembrance so you can remember what God just did for you. See, we have to remember the Lord is mighty to save and we have to remember. We have to set aside a day or we set aside conversations or we have an object that we can, we can look at and recall, a memory we can think about. God wants us to recall and to remember. We must keep the truth that he is mighty to save in view at all times. Number two, because the Lord is mighty to save, we are to be thankful. We're to be thankful. So not just, don't just remember, but we remember with thanksgiving and praise from our heart. Psalm 9.1 says, I will thank the Lord with all my heart. I will declare your wondrous works. So as we recall, as we meditate, as we think about God's wondrous works that he is mighty to save, we should be thankful to the Lord with all of our heart, with everything that he's done for us, that God, can, God has done he's going to do. We're thankful for that. I want to read a passage out of Psalm 34. Things getting a little annoying. It's all right. Psalm 34, 1 through 4. We're going to read some of this later on too. Psalmist says, I, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Then in verse 4 it says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and rescued me from all my fears. See, the Lord is mighty to save. And what the psalmist is saying in verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and rescued me from all my fears. He's saying, because the Lord has done that, I will respond with praise and thanksgiving. That I will always have thankfulness in my heart. I, I think a lot of us, and I know me included, we, we struggle with thanksgiving. We struggle with thank, being thankful. If we were more thankful, we would recall more of what, what God is doing. We ought to be thankful for what he has done for us. We need to remember that he has done the mighty work for us. And thank, thanksgiving is what's on our heart and on our lips at all times. So we ought to remember, and we ought to be thankful. Now what, what I want to do just for a minute here, we're going to transition into our next time of worship. And, but before we do that, I, I'd like us just to, to silently bow our heads, close our eyes. And I want us to think and ponder and, just, and meditate on, on being thankful recalling, remembering what God has done. Think about the, the big things that God has done in your life, or just one. Get one big thing in your mind, and then thank him for that. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds of silence, and then I'll close this in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful for you. God, we, we sometimes walk around like we forgot that you have saved us from sin and despair and the wages of sin, eternal separation from God. And you have given us hope and new life in Jesus Christ. And Lord, we, we honor you with that. We are thankful for what you've accomplished on the cross and through the resurrection. But help our hearts to recall that and, and to recount that and to ponder that often. That, God, we would be standing or sitting or kneeling or laying before you with all of our heart, pouring out to you in thanksgiving and gratitude and praise for what you have done. We are thankful. We remember. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and continue in worship.
great the chasm that lay between us how high the mountain i could not climb in desperation i turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written jesus christ my living hope who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace the god of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame the cross has spoken i am forgiven kings calls me his own beautiful savior i'm yours forever jesus christ my living hope hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its salvation in your name jesus christ my living oh hallelujah hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me then came the morning that sealed the promise your very body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me jesus yours is the victory sing it out hallelujah praise the me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation 
salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me, you have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ. Broken every chain, you have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. You are God, my living hope. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Charity is going to share a song with you this morning. It's a worship song, though, so you guys can sing. The words will be up. Especially the girls. Reach your girls. <laughs> Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, we live for you, and holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you, open up my Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you, Lord. In holy, there is no one like. Inside you, open up our eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. And holy, there is no one like you, there 
beside you open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me worthy lord you are worthy god you are And I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken, and I will build my praise you God we love you Lord we remember you God and we are thankful Lord and I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you your church Lord we love you Lord we praise you God you are so good God we love you so much God and we remember you Lord let all of us build our lives on you God you are the firm foundation Lord we love you we adore you God we thank you so much God amen
Lord God, we, we do love you and we do thank you so much, Lord God. We just want to ask your blessing this morning on the offering as we, as we give this morning, Lord. We ask you to bless that, Lord, and we thank you so much for your many blessings. Amen. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Well, it's time for our little children's corner time. So, kiddos, if you want to come on up, I'd love for you to sit right here or right on the pew, just right in front of me. You are, yeah, young or young at heart. I mean, John, you're right in the second row, so that's perfect. <laughs> come on up, you guys. Now's, now's time for the kids' corner time. This is our children's church aspect. Um, and I'm going to be reading you a story today. And then we're going to need all of your help in a few minutes as well. So just get ready. Just get stretched up. We're going to be helping the kids visualize what this looked like for the uh, Israelites, okay? Yeah, you guys can sit on the floor too, right in front, right here. Lady and Jesse, you can sit right there in the front. I'm going to read this story to you, okay? This is um, the story, Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, it's, it's really a, a great, great resource. I want to let you know about that. A, a, maybe not a shameless plug, but a very proud plug. Um, if you have grandkids or you want to read stories, this is just, man, the, the story of God's redemption and the plan he had from the beginning in Jesus is laced in, in the common thread throughout the entire storybook here. So I love reading this to my daughter and my son. Um, it just always, always emphasizes and talks about Jesus. You'll see that in just a minute, just God's plan that he had for us. So today, uh, you guys, how's it going? Are you good? It's good to see you. I'll try to show you the, the pictures as well. I'm not great at reading and showing pictures because I can't read sideways and upside down all the time. You can. Isabel can. Wow. That's a, that's a rare talent. But I'll, I'll show you pictures as we go along. Um, here's what was happening, children. God's people 
were in a different land, and they were slaves. They were, they were being treated poorly and, uh, by the Egyptians, and Pharaoh was using them to build things and, and just really, really, really a harsh, harsh uh, person and people. So God wanted to rescue his people. God wanted to rescue uh, the Israelites from Pharaoh, and that's what his plan was to do. So we are going to look at this, and he, had, he sent Moses and he sent Aaron to go uh, talk to Pharaoh and to say, let my people go. There you go, Gwen, you want to sit down there? Thanks, Izzy. Okay, so we're going to uh, look at this story. I'm going to read the story to you, and then we're going to have a little illustration about it as well, okay? Here it is. Uh, the story's title is God Makes a Way, that God can make a way, okay? Moses and, uh, Moses and God's people escaped out of Egypt and into the wilderness. They did not know the way, but God knew the way, and he would show them. I will bring you to a new home, a special land, God told them. I will look after you. I am with you. God sent a big cloud for them to follow, a pillar of smoke stretched up to the sky. It moved in front of them as they walked, and it shaded them uh, from the blazing heat of the day. And when it was nighttime or time to rest, it stopped. Uh, all, th- where's it? Sorry. All, through, all through the cold desert nights, it kept them warm, uh, glowing like fire. God led his people through the desert to the edge of a great sea. Uh, they were just, uh, just wondering how, how to cross it. They're, right? You're at the edge of a sea. What do you do? Uh, they were wondering how to cross it, when suddenly they heard a terrible thundering and a pounding. It sounded like horses' hooves, and they shaded their eyes and looked back and screamed, Ah, oh, it is! It's horses! It was Pharaoh's army, and it was coming to get them. Uh-oh. Can you guys say, uh-oh? Uh-oh, right? <laughs> what? No, not yet. The water is, though. Yep, keep listening. Pharaoh had changed his mind again. Get my slaves back, he screeched and charged out into the desert after them with 600 of his fastest horsemen and every single chariot in Egypt. See there, Pharaoh's coming after the Israelites. Okay, hold on, let's read. So there they are at the edge of the sea. Uh Uh-oh, what's going to happen? You guys know the story, right? (laughs) What were God's people going to do? In front of them was a big sea. It was so big that there was no way around it. But there was no way through it. It was too deep. They didn't have any boats, so they couldn't sail across it. And they couldn't swim across it because it was too far, and they would drown. Uh, and they couldn't turn back because Pharaoh was chasing them. They could see the, the flashing swords now glinting in, in the baking sun. And the dust clouds and the chariots, uh, were after the scary, scary chariots surging towards them. So they did the only thing left to do. They panicked! Like, what do we do? We're going to die, they shouted. Don't be afraid, Moses said. But there's nothing we can do, they screamed. God knows you can't do anything, Moses said. God will do it for you. Trust him and watch. But there's no way out, they cried. God will make a way, Moses said. Uh, another minute and it would, would have been over. But then the strangest thing happened. A miracle happened. God made the pillar of smoke move. It moved behind his people and hid them from the Egyptians. Then God sent a strong east wind to blow all night long. It blew on the water in the big sea. It blew it to the left and it blew it to the right until it blew it into towering walls of water. And there, right through the middle of of the sea, a muddy pathway opened up. And then God's people walked across on dry land. You see that? They can walk across. It's a miracle, right? A miracle. You can't, oh, you didn't see it? There you go. 
Yeah, there's movies about that too, right? You see how the sea opened up and they walked across on dry ground? Pretty cool. Yeah. You drew a picture of it. See, this is good ways to remember it. We think about a movie or a story. It's too deep. Yeah, it was too deep. Okay, here we go. Here's next. Yeah, I think my son has my genes. He likes to talk. And he just keeps talking. It's great, right? He's the next preacher. There you go. When the Egyptians tried to follow, right? So they went through on the dry ground. When the Egyptians tried to follow, the walls of the water came back down on them and swallowed them up. Uh, Swallowed them up. God's people were safe. They danced and laughed and sang and thanked God. Uh, When there had been no way out, what God had made a way. Many years later, once again, God was going to make a way where there was no way. From the beginning, God's children had been running from him and hiding. God knew his children could never be happy without him, but they couldn't get back to him by themselves. They were lost. They didn't know the way back. But God knew the way, and one day he would show them the way. You know who the way is? It's Jesus. That's right. So here, I want to do a little, a little illustration of this, this sea, this cool thing. Okay, so I want to split down the middle here. So we're going to go the Takabas crew and the McMahons and over. All of you, you guys, you're going to go back down to the end, of the end of the aisle and meet up over there with Chase, okay? Then Isabel, Izzy, over here, all the way over, go down and meet with Alistair right down there, okay? Go stand by Alistair, and you guys right here go stand by Chase in the back, okay? Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get them back there. Go, go ahead, you guys. Nevaeh, go back there with Kinsey. Go back in the back. I'm gonna, this is going to be a really fun thing. This way, sweetie. Over here, sweetie. Go that way. Go over with Alistair, okay? So here's what we're going to do. I need all of your help, okay? We're going to stand together. And here's, here's what we're going to do. I, you are all, the adults here, right? You're all going to be the C. So I want you to filter across the aisle, please. Fill it in. Filter across the aisle. Okay? Filter across the aisle. You know what's coming next, right? Okay, these are not the Egyptians, these children, so do not swallow them up, please, okay? Here's what we're going to do. Children, you're going to, you're, this is the sea in front of you. I need you to get to me, but the sea, all these people are in front of you, okay? So what we're going to see is how God parted the Red Sea for the, for the Israelites too, okay? So everyone looking at me, and I'm going to give the little signal to do this, and you're going to just go back to where you were, okay? We're, we're going part to the, part the Red Sea in two places this time. Okay, are we ready? Yes. And children, come on up the aisles. Come on back up, kids. Yeah, you see that? Walking across on dry ground. She's sprinting because she's a little nervous. Come on back up. Come on back up. Good job. Isn't that cool? Go, go sit Come on up. Good job. Okay. Now, I got one more thing to tell you, okay? I want one more, one more thing to tell you. you. You can be seated. Thank you very much. So we, we also talked about, yeah, who wants to be the Egyptians? Yeah, right now. So let's, let's chat a little more. Later on, Gwen, hold on, we're not quite ready. We're not quite done. Okay, she just wants to be done. So we, later on, um, Moses is like his apprentice, Joshua. He's like almost a son. Joshua took uh, the Israelites across the Jordan River. And the same thing happened. The river stopped. It was a dry riverbed. But here's what happened. We want to remember that God made a way, right? Can you, can you repeat this after me? Say, God made a way. God made a way. 
And we want to remember that. So here's what I want you to do. Joshua told his people to go back in the dry riverbed and grab a rock and pull it out of the riverbed. And then and you take that and remember that God made a way. You get that? So what we've done in the riverbed, the, the riverbeds that you came up, there are rocks. And I want you to go down that riverbed that you came up and go find a rock. And that's your rock to keep. Then go back with your parents after you get the rock, okay? Go ahead and stand and go back down the aisle you came up. Whatever one you went through the river or the sea, go down and get, get your rock in the aisle. Find a rock. Just find one. Make sure everybody gets one. Take a rock, and then you, you go back and sit with your parents when you're done. Good job. So that rock, that rock is for you to remember that when you don't even see a way that's possible, God made away. All right? Now, for you adults, we've also thought it was, you know, such a unique idea. We've, we've given, put rocks up here on the, on the tables. Uh, there's, there's river rock up there, same kind of rocks we had out in the, in the aisle there. And uh, in a little while, we're going to be participating and partaking in the Lord's Supper, remembering what the Lord has done. And uh, you'll, you'll be able to come up and serve yourself that in a little while. We'll talk about that. And uh, you'll, you'll grab the bread and you grab the, the juice and remember. And then you're going to grab a rock on your way out as well as a, as a reminder uh, that he's mighty to save, that he, he made a way. Okay? All right, we're going to go back into our sermon time now. I think we're on point number three. I've got to get my pulpit and everything figured out, but that's okay. So we're on point number three. So we, we've gone through two things already. We said that uh, because God is mighty to save, number one, what? We remember. Good. And then number two, we we're thankful, right? We are thankful. Let's get this forward. <laughs> Need my son up here. He can do this easy. Okay, there we go. So we are on point number, number three. Because God is mighty to save, we need to tell others. We need to tell others. You know, when we, when we start to recall and recount and think about how profound he was to save us and how, how, how he made a way when we couldn't make a way, that should just come off of our lips, shouldn't it? Not only in thankfulness, but just in conversation. This is, what, this is what happened. This is what he's done. We should talk about that all the time. You know those times where we're together, you know, in family, family uh, gatherings, and uh, you always have that one story, right, that one memory. Oh, you know, remember the, the Christmas of 1932 or whatever it was, 1992 or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, everyone laughs. They all know what you're talking about, and you tell the story anyway. It's okay to tell it over and over and over again. Okay, what's not okay is, is what we usually do. We don't speak up about it. And when we don't speak up about it, we tend to forget what we're going to say. And, and track me here. We'll be in conversation with people, and, and something will oh, it'll spark a memory, right? And, oh, I might want to tell them about that, or I can recount this. That conversation continues, and you don't really have the, the opportunity yet to get that in. And then in a few minutes, right, maybe a few seconds for some of us, you're like, what, oh, what was I? Well, I was going to say something. I, that, oh, I lost it. Wait, what was I going to tell? I don't know what I was telling you. I don't know, whatever, well, it must not have been important. That's what we do, right? We better not do that with the most important thing, that God is mighty to save, that he made a way when we could never make a way. That should be always on our lips. We shouldn't, we shouldn't set that aside and not talk about it so much that we lose focus and lose sight of it to the point of like, Wait, what was I going to tell you? I don't know, it must not have been important because it's the most important thing. Tracking along in Joshua still, Joshua chapter 4, uh, we see what happens here, and we, we see what Joshua commands and tells the people. In, in verse 19, he says, The people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and camped at Gilgal on the eastern limits of Jericho. 
Then Joshua set up in Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken from the Jordan, and he said to the Israelites, In the future, when your children ask their fathers, What is the meaning of these stones? When they ask, they're going to ask. He said, You should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you until you crossed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. So is this, or this is so that all the peoples of the earth, this is so. So God was mighty to save, and he made a way when we couldn't make a way, we couldn't find a way. This is so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty, and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. Isn't that beautiful? We remember, we recall, we speak up about what has been said so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty, that He is mighty to save, that He can accomplish it, that when it looks like there is no way, He will make a way. And you and I must, must declare what has been done. Amen? We must declare. Finally, number four, because He's mighty to save, we taste and see. We taste and we see. This is an important one. This is the difference between head knowledge and believing and really with your whole gut and heart and being knowing and believing. There's a difference between those things. Psalm 34, we read part of this earlier, verses 4 through 8. We said, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he rescued me from all my fears, right? Because he's mighty to save. Verse 5, then those who look at him... Those who look at him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. So there is this relationship that, that we enter into with, with the Lord that is more than just, man, yeah, he did that. That's cool. It's a relationship that says, holy cow, look what he has done for me. I am face to face with glory. I'm face to face with his salvation. I'm face to face with his mighty hand. And it has left me forever changed. There's a joy. Remember last week we talked about that. We ask the question, what are we selling? What's our, what's our life saying about the gospel? Are we selling a bummer? Like, I guess it's okay. we got to go to church today. Are we saying, I cannot wait to be radiating with joy over what God has done in me and what, he's, what he could do through me in the lives of other people? He says, those who look on him are radiant, are radiant with joy and their faces will never be ashamed. This, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from his troubles The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues him. The last verse, verse 8, listen to this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the person who takes refuge in him. You see, there's a depth to tasting and seeing. When we talk about the Lord is mighty to save, you and I need to taste and see that he is mighty to save. 1 Peter says this in chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. It says, like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word. Why? Because the word is something that continues to solidify our faith and trust in Jesus. It continues to remind us of what he's done. But desire the pure milk of the word. It says, so that you may grow up in your salvation. It's a great verse. But there's a tagline here that's very, very important. It says, so that you may grow up in your salvation. Then it has this word, if. If. Uh Uh-oh. When we see uh, the word if related to salvation, we better check it out. This is what separates the goats from the sheep, by the way. Right? This is what what Jesus is going to do. He's going to be separating them at one point. There's those that have 
you know, thought and maybe believed with their head knowledge and, and they know. And there's those who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. So it says, desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up in your salvation if you have tasted that the Lord is good. If you have tasted that the Lord is good. It's not salvation if you haven't tasted it and seen with your whole being, your whole heart, and wrapped, wrapped up Jesus in that. You know, I, th- I want you to think about this. Th- this is a life-size cross that we built, you know, several years ago, maybe a decade ago. It probably was longer because it went in the ground, right? This is actual wood. There is substance here. Nails were driven in Jesus' real flesh hands to the cross. He was the lamb sacrifice for us. That his, his blood, his actual blood would cover us. Because without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. This is not some abstract thing we're talking about. This is the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on a wooden cross 2,000 years ago. And that should make us taste and see that the Lord is good. And then he, he implements and says, remember, every time you eat, every time you partake, when you take that bread, you remember the body, the actual physical body that was sweating and bleeding and given for you. And then you take the juice and, and you, or the wine and you drink it and say, this is the blood. This is a reminder of the blood. You should taste and see. And, and for you and I as believers, we can't come to the Lord's table unless we've tasted and seen already. Because coming to the Lord's table says, I have tasted and seen that, it was, that the Lord is good, and I'm going to go honor him and respect him and remember again today. That's what this table does. If we haven't really tasted and seen, if there is no true salvation in Jesus, there is no Lord's table for you. Because it's just, oh yeah, maybe he did something sometime long ago. I see it in books, but it was, it's kind of maybe abstract to you. Jesus really died. There's actual physical body and, and real blood that was shed for you and I. And, and to taste and see that is to embrace who, who he is and what he did with all our hearts. And receive Christ as Savior with joy. Because he was mighty to save and he did. He made a way when we could not find one. That he is the way. If you have tasted that the Lord is good. First Peter later on, in, or earlier actually, uh, chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. It says, for you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life. And I want you to understand this. That here's, here's the issue. When we only just know or think we believe and kind of, oh, yeah, maybe I embrace something like that, but we don't really taste and see, that head knowledge belief without the connection to the heart is just empty. It's an empty profession of faith. It's an empty confession. It really has no meaning at all. Jesus could care less because there is no tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. That has to be real for you and I. And if you're wondering, like, I don't know if I know Jesus, I don't know if he's really saved me or not, then you maybe have not tasted and seen the gloriousness of Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. Because when you do, when you really see, it changes everything. And he indwells us with the Holy Spirit, and he begins to do a work inside of us to grow us in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and so on and so forth. He grows that in us. Because we have tasted and seen. And listen, I know there's times in our life where we struggle. I know there's times where we in our life where we, we kind of tend to forget or wane. But, but here's the deal. In those bitter, hard, difficult times, we should remember all the more. We should remember the taste, the smell, the sight of what Jesus did. And that should increase the joy in our heart all the more. 
because he's accomplished what we can never accomplish. That even in the middle of my sorrow or my circumstances, that Jesus is still mighty to save today. And we embrace him for that. So he says, you, you know you were redeemed. You were redeemed, purchased back from your empty way of life that you inherited from your fathers. Not with perishable things, though. It's like silver or gold. No one just bought it and said, oh, it's taken care of. Don't worry about it. That's, that's kind of flavorless, right? Not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. The cross of Christ has substance where he offered his body and poured out his blood for you and I. Remember Jesus said, unless you eat of, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you can have what? No, no, nothing to do with me, no part of me. People were confused. He, he's basically saying, unless you can taste and see that this is what you need and that I'm everything, you, you got nothing. That's what he's saying. The cross has substance. His body and blood were really offered for you and I. I want to read one last passage in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is usually what we, we read every time we have Lord's Supper, and uh, I just I, we're going to go back there again. Paul writing to the Corinthian church and giving some instruction here about the Lord's Supper. Now, I just, I'll, I'll clarify what we're doing today, just so you're aware. And we, we don't do this often this way, but on a Celebration Sunday, it just seems appropriate. Uh, when, we, when we partake in the Lord's Supper today, we're going to do that individually. We're going to come up individually. We'll line up in the center aisle, and we'll come up and, and pray, and we'll be, worship will be happening a little at the same time. Just getting your heart ready and, and, and your, the joy that you're radiating just welling up inside of you because of what the Lord has done, because you're tasting and seeing the Lord is good. And as you come forward, that, that heart, that heart uh, expression saying, I, he's my everything and I'm, I'm nothing without him. That's what we're saying when we come to the table. So we are going to do it individually. You're going to just come up in, in the aisle and uh, on the center aisles, I'd like you to come forward in the center aisles. Uh, a couple of us will be up here to, if you'd like to pray. We'd love to pray with you if you need that. If not, that's fine too. But you can come up and you can you know, grab, the, grab the cracker and then grab the juice and, and have your own time between you and the Lord. And, and, and maybe or you meet you and the Lord and your spouse or your friend, whoever you're with. And, and once you're there, grab a rock and then head on down uh, the outside walls back, back to your seats and we'll continue to worship as that goes. Uh, there are children here. Some, some of you children have, have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You know he's your Savior. Awesome. Partake. Come and partake. Parents, come and partake with them. Help them with that. Uh, some of you children, it's like my children aren't there. They aren't ready for that. But we'll, we'll bring them up anyway and instruct and share and show them what, what we're doing so that, they, that we are telling the children that our God is mighty to save that one day they could believe as well and be saved. But that's how we're going to do it in a minute. Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. He says, For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. This is what we've tasted and seen, people. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You know what we proclaim? We proclaim that we have tasted and seen his death and resurrection. And we will proclaim that until he comes. We have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Amen? Amen. What I'd like to do now, we're, we're going to stand together and we're going to pray. I'd like to uh, just, I want to have a time of silent prayer for a, for a minute. A time of silent reflection again. We, we already reflected once on, on uh, 
remembering and, and, and what God has done and how he's mighty to save, and we, and we thanked him for that. And now what I want us to think about is, is God, what, what are the words you're going to give me to tell others so that, that the, all the peoples of the earth would know that you're mighty to save? What, what can I tell about the might of my God and, and help me do that, God? And then, and then just in your heart, in your heart as we, we pray silently, in your heart, get that place back where you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, that, that he is the joy of your salvation, that he'll restore that right now. That as we partake, it's nothing to do with you or me or how good we are or how good we've been, but it's everything to do with Jesus and what he's already accomplished for us. So we'll, we'll about 30 seconds of silent prayer, and then, then I'll, I'll pray for us, and then we'll have some music behind, and you and I can be dismissed to come and partake in the Lord's Supper together, and we'll sing a few songs together during that time as well. Let's take about 30 seconds of silence. Father, you are so mighty to save, and you, you have made a way where we could not find one. We thank you for Jesus. And God, we ask that, that his salvation, the, how he's drawn us out of the mire and the pit and out of our sin, and how he's clothed us in his righteousness through the shedding of his blood, God, may that be ever on our lips. May we be eager to tell anyone we come in contact with and always be prepared and ready to have an answer for the faith that we have inside so that all the peoples of the earth would know that the Lord's hand is mighty and that he is mighty to save. Father, help us taste and see. Help us to relish in the fact that Christ suffered for us on a real cross and he put his real body there and, and God, he really bled. And God, he did that, that we might have salvation and have freedom. And God, that the joy that comes from being rescued from Christ is the tasting and seeing. So God, help us taste and see. Help us be aware as we, as we partake in the, in the bread and we're reminded of his body. And as we partake in the juice and reminded of his blood, may we, may we just have the joy in our heart because of our salvation, because of God's salvation. And God, as we, as we head to the end of the table and we grab a rock, maybe a rock, a tribute, a memorial for us to remember that he made a way and that he is mighty to save. Remind us continually of your goodness and your grace. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As they continue to play at your leisure, when you feel you're ready, you come on up to the center aisle. And if you need prayer, one of us will be up here to pray with you. Uh, or you head on by and go grab, grab the table.